Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing 
Who wants heaven to feel our praise this morning? Who wants heaven to hear our praise this morning? Psalm 92 says it is a good thing to, get to sing praises to our God. His, we give, give thanks every morning. He is faithful every night. It says to praise Him on the instrument of ten strings. I don't see an instrument of ten strings back here, but I can count one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Who wants to give a hand to our God this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to say thank you to our guests. Thanks for coming. It is a good thing to be in the house of God. Amen. Better is one day in his house. Psalm 92 also says that the righteous shall be like the palm trees, like the cedars of Lebanon. For those who are planted in the house of God. If you've never been planted in his house, I ask you to be planted. Find somewhere to be planted, to be rooted and grounded so you can flourish. Amen. If our ushers would come, we'll continue to our worship and giving. Let me look at the announcements because I'll forget. Pastor always reminds me every morning with the text. There is service tonight at 6.30. Come back for that. Monday morning, 10 a.m., uh, Bible study with our pastor. Tuesday we have prayer. The doors are open from 10 to 8. Groups meet at 10 and 6, but you can come anytime. Wednesday evening, church at 6.30. And this coming Sunday is our youth and kids play. So come support that. And also, if you don't know, Baby Brown was born. I'd like to congratulate Dylan and Emma. Give them a hand clap right now. Is it Harper? Miss Miss Harper was born. We got we got proud Papa right here. So, proud Papa, why don't you open us up in prayer this?
celebration this morning. Declare this over your family, over your friends.
praise him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, we praise you. Glory, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned and I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again
in the Bible Jesus said that if you would know the truth the truth would set you free well the truth today is Jesus 
And then just a few short verses over in John chapter 8, he says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. So I'm just going to not wait till the end of the sermon. I'm just going to do it at the beginning. If you don't know the truth this morning, (laughs) He's here right now to set you free. And a lot of people always say, what do I need set free from? I'll tell you, the number one thing is you. (laughs) Because I messed me up all the time. So I want them to sing this one more time. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you don't know the truth, He's here to set you free right now. One more time. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am.
family. I've had a busy weekend, but a good weekend. Got to spend time with friends Friday and yesterday, family all day. Can we give it up for First Lady? She's uh, one step closer. She, she graduated yesterday and walked across the stage. Good to see Pastor Stacy and Miss Debbie with us today. I don't think he will ever know what he means to me and what he has meant to my family. I can tell you that I am where I am today partly because of him believing in me and pouring into me and Debbie putting up with me when I was a baby in Sunday school class. That was a job, Happy, I will say. I watched Sawyer and some of these kids run around and I'm like, have, have mercy and grace on them. One, there'll be a preacher one day. <laughs> but uh, just some info. January the 7th, Steve Board was supposed to be here. And Steve had a fall on a ladder and has hurt himself and cannot be here. So um, if you all are okay with it, Stacy's agreed to come and preach on the 7th. <laughs> I didn't think y'all would have a problem with that, so, but we, 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 we finished that up last night. I told him I sharpied him in, so uh, he, can't, he can't go falling off. I'm, I'm afraid to schedule Steve Board. Every time I try to schedule him, he gets hurt, so I'm, <laughs> but it is so good to have them with us, and if you have your Bibles, if you would go with us to Lamentations chapter 3, we, uh, again, Dylan and Emma, if you're watching online, and Miss Harper, we got to go visit with them last night, and it was so funny, Isaiah, like holding the baby in his hands, thinking, what do I do with this thing? But uh, we got to go, and man, she's so tiny, and just uh, full of, Dylan, I don't think Dylan knows what to do with himself right now, so he's, uh, he just, uh, he can't get that smile off his face. I said, Isaiah said something about her talking, and Dylan said, not yet. I said, yeah, you'll, you'll a year not, and then you'll the rest of her life trying to shut her up, probably, so. But uh, Lamentations chapter 3, the Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end, for his compassions do not fail, they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness the Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end for his compassions do not fail they are new every morning great is 
your faithfulness. Randy Saunders, would you pray over the reading of the word this morning? somebody's neck shake their hand let them know you're glad they are here again we want to thank everyone for making last week a success uh, we had our Christmas dinner and to all those who decorated and cooked and did all that good stuff thank you so much a lot goes into those weekends and a lot of times we don't realize how much does until you see Karen looking tired so uh She's wore out over there. But today, after service, uh, we are going to uh, pray. We're going to have somebody stand in for Pee Wee Silva. He's been struggling with his back and having some pain there. And we're going to have Ellis come up tonight, this morning. We're going to pray for him. Ellis's sciatic nerves been wearing him out, and uh, he needs to be well. Karen needs to make him to, uh, needs him to get work done around the house and stuff. And then we need to pray for uh, Charlie. Uh, Charlie went to the doctor this week, and Charlie did not get the report that we were wanting. Um, he has, uh, actually, the, the report is worse than what it was initially, so we need to uh, continue to pray for him. I look back there, and I see Terry Castle, and I still believe that God is able to heal cancer. Amen? I, I don't believe uh, the doctor's reports all the time because I know we serve a God that is faithful, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning is great is His faithfulness. So um, for thousands of years, the, the Hebrew people were believing for one day that the Messiah was going to come and rescue them from suffering and from all the trials of life, and they were, they were certain that God was not going to fail them, that He would never forsake them. And, and though the timing, Randy, was not what they would have preferred, Jesus' birth was a fulfillment of their faith. And even though you cannot see Jesus, you, can, you cannot see His presence in your life at this moment, just like those before us, I tell you this morning to keep faith and believe that He will come through, because great is His faithfulness. So understand that this morning. Uh, you know, a couple uh, of weeks ago, we, we talked about Romans chapter 12, verse 12, and we, we was learning from the Apostle Paul how he encouraged our response in, in the face of trouble, and he said that we were to be patient, we were to remain confident in our hope, and to, to keep on praying. Great is His faithfulness, church. And this hope that we have is found in Jesus Christ. And my hope today is, is that we look in another section of God's Word and, and you'll once again be reminded of, of this hope. This, we, we talked about it, the thrill of hope a couple weeks ago. Uh, specifically, we cannot let our faith waver. Our faith needs to be strengthened and even more in the days that we are in. In fact, we're going to look at a chapter in the book of Hebrews that's referred to the Hall of Faith. So, this whole chapter, when you begin to read it, it highlights the great faith of a, a lot of heroes of our past. Uh, they were mentioned in the Old Testament. And if 
you have your Bibles, you can go to Hebrews chapter 11. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith, now faith, is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. <laughs> That's right, we need to applaud that. Faith is the certainty of things hoped for and a proof of things not seen. There are two important things that the writer of Hebrews wants us to see here. And we're going to look at that. But it, it's important that we understand this scripture because it, it's a great component of our faith. Faith is the key that unlocks, church. We've heard that all of our life. But faith is the key that unlocks. There, I've shared this story with you all time and time again. But there was a time when I was pastoring in New Martinsville when God really kind of wanted to, to prove his faith to me, his faithfulness to me. But I think he wanted to see how much faith I really had in him. We had a man who several years before we had gotten there had been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. They had called in the family. He was dying. And they called in the family. The family prayed over him. And God miraculously overnight healed him. They didn't have to remove no stomach, no colon, no nothing. They could not find cancer. He was eat up, stage four cancer, and the next morning they could find nothing. So they come in and they tell him, that, you know, we got to come every so many months, six months for so many years, and then uh, we'll go one month, one, once a year. And then after the seventh year, if you don't find no cancer, we'll consider you can't, you know, you want to come back. For six years, he had went and nothing. He was going to his final scan, and they found a place in his colon. And they told him, Randy, they said, if this is cancer, it's a death sentence. So he is in a frantic, and he calls me. And then that Sunday night, we're in church. And the whole time that we're opening up in prayer, the Lord is telling me to tell him, go home and sleep like a baby. I've got this. Like that, those words were ringing in my head. And I was playing it off as that's what I want to tell him. That, that's what I want him to hear. And through the music, through the offering, through everything, God kept telling me to look at him and tell him to go home, sleep like a baby. God's got this. Man, I would not do it, Adam. I was like, I ain't been there but maybe six, seven, eight months. Like if this is wrong... I'm done. I am done. Cooked. I couldn't get away from it. And finally, I just looked at him and I said, God told me to tell you, go home and sleep like a baby. He's got this. And I spoke those words. And I want to tell you that I had great faith and I knew that I was confident in what I said. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, God, that better be you. Because I'm nervous. <laughs> he goes to the doctor the next day, and I'm waiting on the report, I think, more than he is. I told him, I said, as soon as you get the report, you tell me. Call me. He calls, and I didn't see that he called. And he left the voicemail. 
And I opened that voicemail and started listening to it, and he was bawling his eyes out, and he was like, Pastor, I just wanted to call and tell you, I went to the doctor, and they can't figure it out. They showed me my scan from last week, and they showed me my scan today. The spot's gone, and they told me I'm clear. That's when God showed me, great is his faithfulness. And we have to have faith. And, and, and again, it's easy to stand behind this, this, this sacred pulpit, this podium, week in and week out, and tell you all, you better have faith, and you better do this, and you better do that. But when it comes to my house, uh, it ain't as easy as me telling you all. Faith is the certainty of things hoped for and the proof of things not seen. Faith is the key, Adam, that unlocks. You know, and we struggle because often in my life, I want to see the map. I want to see the map. I'll never forget when I came here as your all's youth pastor. Like, I came to visit and Pastor Stacy, Bobby Carter had just got done preaching, and Pastor Stacy got behind this pulpit and he said, Some of you in here, you got your life mapped out. You know exactly where you're going. And he said, God's getting ready to change your direction. I didn't know that was to me. But it is the truth. We, we, want a, we want the map. I want to know the end from the beginning. Listen to me. If Abraham would have knew the end from the beginning, Abraham would have never left the house. I've got some, some news for you. God is not going to, to give you the course of the next three or five years of your life. And I think a lot of times we think, Randy, it would be easier if God would give us the course of life over the next three to five years. But here's the bad news. If we, if we were to get the roadmap to our lives, not only would we screw it up, yeah, big time, what would be the need for faith? Why would I need to trust Him? Let me give you the dictionary definition of faith. A belief and a trust in something or someone. Now, it can certainly be easier to have faith in some things over others. These chairs, we have a lot of faith in them. We do. We sit in chairs every single day. We don't even think about it. We just sit down in a chair I have a pretty pink one at Madison Middle School. That's faith. We've learned over time that every time we go to sit down in a chair, Adam, we're going to sit down and it's going to hold us up. We don't even think twice about it. That chair has held us up, Chris, day after day after day. Every time I sit in it, it's held me up. Now, there is a certain level of confidence that it takes every time we sit in that chair, and we don't even think about it at all. It's faith in the chair that allows me to get things done at my desk. It's faith in a chair that allows me to, to do the work of the day in my office up here. And, and, and because I have faith in the chair, 
I'm able to do things productively. In a deeper sense, what is our level in of faith in the God that we cannot feel? What is our level of faith in a God that we cannot touch? Is it like the chair? It should be. That is where so many of us, we get off the train of faith because we can't see Him, we can't, uh, we can't touch Him, our, our, our mind cannot fathom this, 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 this thing called faith. But if we would allow our faith in Christ to be strengthened, He said that we can move mountains. That's what he said. He said that we can move mountains. Our, our faith is strong enough to move mountains in our life. Faith reminds us of the reality, Danny. When, when it comes to having faith in Jesus, I have to understand my current reality. This chapter that we're reading in, in Hebrews chapter 11, when you go to reading it, there are many men and women who are mentioned in the Old Testament who firmly believed God in, for certain things. And it was amazing to me, because when you look at their story, there's no way. There's no way. But God will surely do what He's promised, because great is thy faithfulness. The reality with every promise from God is that it comes with a waiting period. That's the part we don't like. Remember David? When he's anointed to be next king. 1 Samuel 16 says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel set out and went to Ramah. That's a great scripture. David had no idea what was to follow this moment. David had no idea that, 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 that this shepherd boy was going to grab fame from defeating Goliath, from killing thousands upon thousands of uh, 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 Philistines. He never knew that his popularity was going to draw the jealousy of a king. He never knew, Randy, that, that this jealousy was going to fuel King Saul to come after him to kill him. He's running for his life, and the Bible says that he gets a, a band full of vagabonds. And they're hiding in caves. And moments, he could have took Saul's life. But he said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. After the death of Saul, you would have thought things were going to smooth out and be okay. And, and here he unites the, the northern and the southern kingdoms of, uh, of Israel and, and brings them together. He establishes the capital and, and he, he brings the Ark of the Covenant back to the city. The presence of God was back in town. David, when you think about him, he's known for military success and, and, and broadening the, the, the kingdom and making it stronger and bigger and better. But then he has a personal life problem. Moral failures. 
God's anointed. Moral failures. An affair with Bathsheba that leads to the death of her husband, Uriah. And then he's confronted by a friend. All these challenges. And David's reign is remembered as a time of prosperity and stability. God promises that the Messiah was going to come from the, the house and the lineage of David. It's amazing to me how God connects his legacy to the future salvation of humanity with David. David's story, this whole theme of faith, and it's intertwined with repentance and the complexity of life, Danny, the things that we go through. David was no different than us. And we think that because his name is on, uh, 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 on uh, pages of a Bible that he's a different man than us. No, he struggled with the same struggles that we had. But in the end, he realized, great is thy faithfulness. He understands those things. This moment when David knows he's soon going to be the next king of Israel, it begins a waiting period in his life. Man, I hate waiting. There, there's nothing worse. Like, <laughs> Talena's leaving on that one. She's walking out the door. Saul, he's trying to get rid of David on numerous occasions. And David still serves him faithfully. It's amazing to me. Finally, David's put on the throne, and this period of waiting has now been... I think we get lost in that waiting period and we don't realize that, Larry, it's that moment, that those moments of waiting where God is shaping us and molding us into who He needs us to be and who we have to be in the moment that it's our time. And I think many times, Pastor Stacy, we miss our time because we were so frustrated in the waiting that we never allowed God to shape us and mold us. And when the time came to go to the plate and take the swing, we weren't ready. We missed moments. But David realized great is our faithfulness, or thy faithfulness. Our reality is not much different than David's. Maybe you're in a season of your life and God's been speaking to you and He's given you glimpses of what's to come. But that's not your present reality. That's the frustrating part. You know what your present reality is. On the grander scale, we know that our hope for believers is that Christ is going to return soon. But in this moment, it's not our reality. We're here right now, and the trump's not sounded. Faith is believing God for the future while living in the present with God. It mirrors Psalm 118.24. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. We're here today. We can't do nothing about tomorrow. And you can't change yesterday. Scotty Dingus did a, the, the commencement speech for Talena's graduation yesterday, and it was beautiful. We, we, talking about fearing tomorrow. Don't fear tomorrow, live for today. 
We're not even promised a tomorrow. The thing that is meant to keep us from moving forward, regardless of what comes our way, is this temporary life. It's temporary. But I've come to realize that faith directs us to evidence. You see, we cannot leave this place today without asking and answering a question. How do we actually maintain our faith in a God that we can't see? That's the question I've asked my time, myself many times. Maybe it's the question that you're struggling with. And I would even argue in the world that we live in today, many people don't know Christ personally and they're asking the question, why? Why would I? Why would I maintain a faith in a person, a God, that I can't see? Regardless of where we're at today, I think it's time we answer the question. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, that is, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Paul says, God has revealed Himself through creation. And you can sit and reason it and talk about it and try to displace it all you want. But you are without excuse. I, I don't understand the world. It, it drives me insane. Selena and I were talking the other day and we were talking about creation and evolution and the Big Bang and, and all this stuff. Listen to me. I have never dropped a plate and order come from it. I've never heard a, ba- a big bang and go to it and there's order. It's always chaos. Like I never have dropped a plate and big bang and reused that plate. It's never happened because I don't even know how to put it back together. It's chaos. And we live in a world that is trying to say chaos took place and formed all this. Selena was taking this physical science class and and her and Isaiah had nerd talks. David would have loved it. (laughs) Look at him, he's shaking his head like, yeah. But they're in the car and they're talking about how the, the, this holds the sun and this is pushing against the sun. And if this didn't happen, the sun would, would smash and crash. And I don't even know what all words they used. But I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this. And in my mind, I'm saying, how can chaos keep that from happening? Chaos cannot keep all that stuff from happening, but I know a hand that can. And every day, he's holding all this stuff together, and we're without excuse. 
Paul says that God has revealed himself through creation. And, you know, we call this general revelation. We can witness God simply by just stepping outside and looking at the beauty. You know, there, there's days that, and there's been many days that I've sat in the hills since September, and I've not seen any animals, but <laughs> I've seen a lot of squirrels. I'm going to go squirrel hunting so I can see a deer. <laughs> but I just look and, and marvel at the beauty of God. Like, just, like, what do you get out of sitting in a tree? Riley talking to me. <laughs> and just looking. And in amazement, like, look at the trees. Look at the, the birds. Look at this. Look at, I mean, it's beautiful. Some of us, we go to the beach and we, we, we go out on a balcony and we just look out at the splendor of God and say, wow. I, I shared with you all before, we, me and Talena, when we, the, the year we first got married, I took her to the beach that summer and she had never really been and, and we were out on the balcony and I, just, I about cried just looking out across the ocean and she's like, Mick, you've been to the beach every day or every year of your life. Have you never paid no attention to this? And I was like, no. Like, I didn't care about this stuff. But man, it's beautiful. Our views of God's creation, that is meant to strengthen our faith in God. But the writer of Hebrews would not just argue that creation is the evidence of things we can't see, but also our faith is meant to serve as evidence of things which are not seen. You know, it's a, it, it's a basic concept, but we don't understand it, Danny. Every person here today has someone in their life that's looking at them. And one way or another, Larry, we're all teachers to somebody else. And you say, well, I'm not. Yes, whether you know it or not, you're, you're a teacher to somebody else. And when, they, when, they, when, when the people look at our lives, what are they learning? Debbie, what are they seeing? Are they going to see our faith in Christ? Are they going to be inspired to place their faith in Christ? That's why it's important that our faith be our driving force. It, 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 it's strengthened around Christ-like communities. Every day, if we look closely enough, we'll see God has revealed himself in many ways to strengthen our faith, church. If a praise team would come back, there's evidence that is constantly working around us that we would look and say, great is thy faithfulness. He's been faithful, church. So where's your faith today? Do you feel like being fed each day and growing? Maybe you feel as if You've been diminished by something or someone in your life or maybe it's something you know you should, something you should have, but you really don't feel like you got it at the moment. There is better seasons coming to strengthen the faith than the present season you're living in. Christmas 
is a time that we look back and we remember that God has kept His promises and through His Son, Jesus Christ, we, we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And Paul even said in 2 Corinthians, for as many as the promise of God are, in Him they are yes. Therefore, though Him also is our amen to the glory of God through us. So my thing today is let's say yes and let's say amen. Let's believe God for faithfulness in this present area of our life, not based on what it looks like, no no matter if it's good or it's bad. Just know that He's faithful. Just know that He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. If it's good, we don't have a hard time, Chris, realizing He's faithful. But man, when it's the bad times, His faithfulness is still great. So let's remember God's faithfulness this morning as we close. Let's remember God's unchanging character. God's faithfulness is not dependent on circumstances or our behavior, but it's rooted in God's character. That's His faithfulness. It's who He is. Let's remember the promises of God's faithfulness. His Word is full of promises that says He's going to be faithful. Memorize those. Meditate on them. Pray on them. Speak them back to them. God, Your Word says. Remember, we can overcome doubts and fears. We're living in a day of anxiety and and panic and we've got a lot of people who face doubts it's time you experience God's faithfulness go back and read Gideon go back and read Sarah go back and look at Thomas great is thy faithfulness don't forget the greatest thing you can do the greatest role you have is believing God through prayer. I want to highlight the power of prayer this morning. It's the only way you're ever going to learn to trust in God's faithfulness. I want to encourage you to be dedicated to a time of prayer individually and us together. Tuesdays here at this church are important. Nine salvations Decisions for Christ in the month of November. And I attribute those to Tuesday night prayer. Or Tuesday prayer. Let's remember the importance of community. I want to encourage people to be a part of Fountain of Life Worship Center. I don't we we don't need you just showing up. We want you to be a part. I want to see you encouraging one another. I want to see people encouraging you. I want to see you praying for each other. And finally, we have to remember the call that God has given us to trust and obey. Some of you, you are in challenging times. And I tell you this morning to trust and obey. Great 
is thy faithfulness. As we end our time together this morning, I want to open up this altar and extend an invitation to each and every one of us. I want us to explore the the truth of God's faithfulness, His unwavering love, His promises that endure, His unchanging character. Great is thy faithfulness. This morning, I want to give you an invitation to surrender. With heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around. If you're here this morning and you feel a stirring in your heart, you you recognize that you need to surrender a specific area of your life to God. Here in just a moment, I want to invite you to come forward. It might be a struggle, a doubt, a fear, a situation where you just need to trust God's faithfulness. This morning, some of you are seeking God's guidance. You're facing a decision and you need an answer from God. You're uncertain about the next steps that you need to take. This altar is open for you today to seek God's wisdom and His direction. I believe there's people in here this Christmas season you need to reaffirm your faith in Christ. You need to get back to faithfulness. And I want to invite you to come forward and declare that You believe God for His faithfulness in all seasons of your life. There are people in this room, panic, fear, and anxiety, doubts, it has gripped your life. If that's been holding you back and you desire prayer for strength and courage, I want our prayer team to come on up here. We're here to pray for you this morning. All those are are needed and very important. But the most important one this morning is some of you need to accept Christ. You're here and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus. And I'm telling you today is a day of new beginnings for you. Would you come this morning and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? As this praise team begins to sing any of those things, we have people in this altar ready to pray for you. And I've said this many, many times, and I I still believe that we struggle with this here at this church. There are many people that view this altar as a place of weakness, and we choose not to come. We feel that if we go, it makes us feel weak. I'm going to tell you that if you don't come, you're going to be weak. God never intended the altar to be a place of weakness. This is a place of strength. This is a place to, have, to, to gain encouragement. This is a place to be set free. The altar is a place for an encounter. 
It's a place where transformation takes place. It's a place where God meets His people. So we're saying great is His faithfulness. Let's respond to His faithfulness together this morning as you come to this altar with whatever needs you have. If you're lost, we want you to come. All the things that we've mentioned, anything, come to this altar now and let's respond. Great is thy faithfulness.
Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.